The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and thank you so much, all of you out there, for being an intentional spirit, seeing and being. That's what it's all about. That's what we talk about every week, are tools and ideas. We talk to uh, wonderful, incredible authors and lecturers and teachers that share with us ideas and ways in which they have learned how to be an intentional spirit. It's not always setting things right it's the ability to see it right brenda strickland is with us today and she is the up-and-coming known author for her book life love and lilies brenda welcome to our show today thank you temple i'm delighted to be with you well i'm just uh, i've heard so much about the work you've been doing with your book and I just had to have you on the show because I I wanted to be part of the experience um, myself. Um, We talk often about on this show the power of life and and love and and the energy of nature. And so I was just so excited to hear your your take on it. You actually declare on your website, brendastrickland.us, you talk about how that life, love, and lilies is really a statement of your personal spiritual beliefs. Well, I just want to be all over that. What does that mean? (laughs) I don't know if I can wait till the show starts because I've got to ask her that. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, it's it's kind of a funny title, but it just wraps up the whole package for me. If you imagine that as you stand on the surface of the earth, your vertical posture, your body, is um, it's almost like a conduit for the energy of the divine going you know through you from the sky to the earth and from the earth back to the sky. And to me, that's the life. That's the lifeline. That's the God energy that empowers us and makes us be alive and connects us with spirit. But then, if you add to that image, the image of your arms stretched out horizontally, that's the gesture of love, of welcoming and embracing. 
So that's the nurturance. That's the taking care of and holding close the things that are dear to us. And the amazing thing is that when you're alive and you hold things dear, manifestations of that show up in the physical realm. Do things. We are inspired by things. We have projects. And that's what the lilies are. They're the beautiful results of our endeavors in our lives. So the lilies are the things that we that we manifest, that we call in, that we create, yeah. that we experience like the lilies of the field. Exactly. Those are the those are the, the results of our creative efforts. Wow. Whatever that may be, the relationships, the the works of art, the whatever it is that we do. That's really powerful. You know, um, I don't know if you've ever noticed my tagline um, initially when you and I were writing back and forth a few months ago, but my my signature is loving life. And mm-hmm. I specifically chose that one for myself because I've always been a person that's somewhat motivated, but based upon the other things I was doing in my life, it really didn't exemplify a person that was loving life. And yet, that's what I have grown into through the years is just loving life. And I love how you're talking about it, life that our bodies, that we are a conduit from the heaven to the earth and to the earth through us to the sky. Because um, there's a lot of people that don't seem to have that information um, because they, they have a very limited, it appears, based on what they say, about how much energy they have or how they feel as far as the difference, distinction between being ageless and being old, they don't seem to understand this process that you're talking about. Does your book actually support people understanding how they could expand if they understand how to be a conduit, that they could have more energy and more vitality in their lives? Because you certainly do. Absolutely. One of the one of the things that I learned a long time ago um, actually came from the Institute of Heart Math out in California, and it is that there are things in our lives that poke holes in our energy container. They they cause energy leaks. Things like being worried or holding a grudge or being fearful. Those are energy drainers. Um, carrying around anger or hurt feelings saps your energy. So there's this book is that kind of stuff is sprinkled throughout the book, and I know that we'll talk more about you know what's really in the book as we get further into the interview. But absolutely, if there's somebody who's feeling like perhaps their life force is running a quart low, um, sprinkled throughout this book are lots of suggestions about perhaps ways to rethink that and look at it differently, and perhaps shift some things. And that was the one one of the things, Brenda, that really um, drew my attention to this book um, because it actually um, supports people and how to get from A to B. Or if they will uh, utilize some of the suggestions that you're making, uh, they can have that 1% to 10% change in their lives. They can feel that increase. They can learn how to manifest or be more open and, and broad to love. Well, as you know, the title of our radio show is The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being. Let's talk a little bit about you. How 
were you just born as an intentional spirit or did you have some uh, series of awakenings that you're like, wow, I'm getting it now. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, I have, I have to say, I kind of was born with a unity spoon in my mouth. Uh, you were? <laughs> you know, well, being... You know the, that expression of being born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Well, I was oh, yeah. born into a unity family. My great grandmother was friends with Myrtle Fillmore. Oh my gosh! I didn't know that. I yeah. had no and, idea. Wow. Yes, when my when my great grandfather was very ill. In fact, I mean, he was probably in the final stages of his life. Mrs. Fillmore came to visit, and um, so when my mother was a child. My grandmother would take her and her little sister to Unity Inn at Ninth and Tracy to eat in the cafeteria, the vegetarian cafeteria, which at that time was really way out, but it was very popular. Um, Mom didn't go to Unity Sunday School because there was no such thing when she was growing up in the 1920s. Um, there were you could go to Unity to hear Mr. Fillmore and other teachers lecture. But there were no unity churches in those in those days. Excuse me. So my mom grew up going to Christian Science Sunday School in Kansas City. Um, my father grew up going to a very traditional um, church in his small town in Iowa. When I came along, the brand new Unity Temple had just been open a few years on the plaza in Kansas City. So when I was about two years old, Mom dropped me off in Sunday school with my little nickel tied in the corner of a handkerchief and let me go to my very first Sunday school. I think that little nursery room is still up there, and they call it the Angel's Loft. But anyway, she picked me up afterwards, and she said, well, did you have a good time? And I said, yes. And she said, well, shall we come back next week? And I said, no. <laughs> but we did. Um, so I grew up going to Unity Sunday School and being in the Youth of Unity and being very deeply, um, you know, I, I grew up believing that God is love and that I'm a child of God. Therefore, I'm a child of love and everything's fine. That is not to say that I did not have my issues. And I had to have my wilderness years as pretty much everybody does in the teens and the 20s. We have to figure out who we are. And sometimes we find that out by learning the hard way who we are not. So, um, but I've stayed pretty close to my unity roots, um, was active in my unity church at Unity Temple in Kansas City, and was introduced to the man who was at that time the director of Silent Unity. I thought it was Jim Freeman, but turns out it was a nice-looking young man named John Strickland. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> got married. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I I never even dated anybody from Unity, and here I've been married to a Unity minister for almost 30 years. Best thing that ever happened to me. And a very good one, as a matter yeah, of fact. He is. He's an incredible yeah. role model. I, I see um, John and, and yourself but bicycling and, you know, living out there, giving yeah. out to the community, and um, just, uh, yeah, he's... I, I must go on record in saying he is definitely one of my favorites, and it, it's no—it's very clear while you know that the two of you are <laughs> the perfect, perfect couple, as we say. We are. Well, that's, we are, that's, yeah, that's wonderful. I love, the, I love the, what you're talking about. Of that, a lot of us go on this whole journey, and often 
um, we discover what we're not and what doesn't work for us. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Well, let's delve into your let's delve into your book. Um, okay. What are um, some of the key ideas that you would say, wow, this book had my name on it and my heart in it because of... Let's see. The key ideas, here is the key, this is the bottom line on the whole book. The second piece of the title is The Sanctified Self. And... When you read that title, Life, Love, and Lilies, The Sanctified Self, it's a little, I I realize it's a little off-putting because a lot of people have a negative connotation of the word sanctified. It may, you know, may feel like it's a little um, self-grandiose or something, but sanctified means pure and holy. And it is my firm belief and commitment that every self on this planet, every self that's walking around in a human body is a sanctified self. It's just that stuff has gotten in the way from us letting that out and letting that shine. So that's what this book is about. This book is about the beautiful, holy, infinite and, etern- infinite and eternal truth that is in every single one of us. So my key statement there is that every single one of us is the embodiment of a divine idea. And that's what the book is here to show us. So when someone says to you, um, I get that idea in concept, I get it in theory, I can see that I am part of the divine plan, why isn't my life working? How do we support those people? Because many of them are asking that right now. Absolutely, they are. And um, one of the things that I did in my life was that for 35 years I taught elementary music. When you teach elementary music, it's, it's mostly fun. It's a lot of great you know, singing and dancing and that kind of stuff. But you're working with children who still have to learn to read and they have to learn to write and they have to learn to do math and they have to learn to stand in line and wait their turn and tie their shoes and wash their hands and all those things. As adults, our lessons are sometimes harder, and they're sometimes even harder to understand and to see past. We sometimes have a hard time seeing past our challenges to the incredible soul growth that is coming from those challenges. Sometimes we don't see the incredible soul growth that is being scaffolded through these challenges until many years later, when some event hooks us back into that emotional distress and the fear and the sense of being lost and not knowing what to do, perhaps even hopeless and helpless, then we realize, oh, wait, that's what was going on. Oh, I get it now. So when we've got people, when I'm working with people, and I, I've, I have, I've worked with people who have been in terribly fearful places, one of the most important things I feel that I can do is to continually hold them as a perfect, a perfect child of God, a beloved child of God who is securely held in the palm of God's hand. And yes, the scenery in your life right now is scary. And in some cases, there may be actual danger 
to the physical body, or there may be danger to the um, the emotional health and well-being. And those are times when the spirit within needs to step up and say, wait, I need help here. Hold my hand, but help me pull through this. So, yes, I know that there are people who, for whom some of these ideas are like, what? But that's why you are here, and that's why I am here. We are here to hold the light for those folks and to see them as the completely perfect and wonderful spiritual beings that they are. What if, here's a little thing to play with in your mind, what if this person who is dealing with such terrible circumstances in their life, what if, if you believe in reincarnation, before they came into this body, into this life experience, God said, you know, I need a volunteer to go into a really tough life so that they can be a teacher and an opportunity and give an opportunity to some other souls who need to learn compassion, who need to learn to, to lend a helping hand. Do we have volunteers for that? What if the people who are in such crisis, who are in such challenging times, are there because of the greatness and the magnitude of their souls? And if we see them that way, we can help them to re, reclaim their spiritual power and climb out of that. I love that. I love that idea. Uh, I love that whole concept and um, of exactly what you're saying. And and I often tell people that come to me and people that say they, you know, want to be different makers in the world and, and want to be great people and great spiritual leaders. It's like, and how do you anticipate doing that when you haven't had any kind of issues and experiences to be on the other side of because you can you can definitely tell the difference between an author who wrote a book and an author who's lived it you know <laughs> and, and and I'm ha- you can you can tell the difference you can, you can feel it uh, you can tell the difference between a speaker that's you know read a couple of uh, listened to a couple of CDs and started speaking about something versus someone that's gone through the depth of their soul to survive something and then go talk about it don't you agree well, I know you do because you're one of those people that you are living through experience and teaching others how to do that. I'm talking today with Brenda Strickland. She is the author of the book, Life, Love, and Lilies. You can go to her website and check it out during break, brendastrickland.us. I'm Temple Hayes, and I want to thank all of you for continuing to be part of this program, The Intentional Spirit. We love hearing from you and knowing the types of shows that you would like to have. And most importantly, we appreciate to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We'll be right back. We'd like to take a moment to encourage you, as part of our Unity Online radio family of listeners, to support this ministry through a love offering. For your convenience, you can make one-time or recurring monthly donations. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. 
Now and then, life is challenging. I may not welcome challenge itself, but I welcome the opportunity to learn from whatever arises, to grow in understanding, to flex my spiritual muscles. Every day is a new day, a fresh start. No situation or circumstance can hold me back. My life is not only about what's happening to me, it's also what's happening through me. The Christ within is my source of unlimited wisdom and creativity. I do my best when I respond to any challenge from my Christ nature, rather than reacting impulsively from my human nature. Every day I pursue what enriches me, enjoying the journey to my goals as much as the destination. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Balance, harmony, peace. These are the things that lead to a fuller, richer life experience. And striving to attain these things is a rewarding journey in and of itself. Let your journey begin at Awaken Whole Life Center, located on the Unity Village campus. Here, you'll discover unique approaches to nurture body, mind, and spirit. A holistic approach to your health and well-being. Visit us online at awakenwholelifecenter.com. That's awakenwholelifecenter.com. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. Enjoying so much the conversation with Brenda Strickland today, who wrote the book, Life, Love, and Lilies, The Sanctified Self. Brenda, I know that you have um, a number of uh, really strong and key points for people that would apply regardless of where they are in their lives. Um, Walk us through a couple of the ideas that can help us feel how we could be a greater intentional spirit? I think there are two there are two tools in this book. There are a lot of tools in this book, but there are two that are really big. They're um, things that we have to uh, that we have to practice over time. It's not something that you can just start. It's kinda like anything else that you want to cultivate as a habit. And it's it's almost like spiritual hygiene. One of them is really well-known in Unity folks. It's called meditation. And meditation, as you may know, is the practice of sitting in the presence of God. And when you sit in the presence of God, the hardest thing to do 
is be quiet. Um, John talks about one of his minister friends who just summarized meditation is sit down and be quiet. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to, you know, some people like to have a mantra. Some people like to have affirmations. But the practice of sitting in the silence allows your, your awareness to attune itself to ever finer vibrations of understanding. Um, it's sort of like when the lights go down in a room, like in a theater, and at first it seems like it's pitch dark, and then you realize that there are some little tiny lights that you hadn't noticed. You couldn't see them when the big lights were on, but those are little tiny lights. And it's, it, meditation's like that. The longer you sit, the more regularly you can bring yourself to sit and look between the shoulders of your thoughts. Another, another author used that illustration. It's like when you're standing behind people and you want to see what they're all looking at and you're trying to see between their shoulders. If you can like look between the shoulders of your thoughts and see what's beyond that, what's behind those thoughts, and keep your, yourself curiously looking. Not identifying, not naming, not listing, just looking. That's a wonderful way to allow divine inspiration, the vibration of deeper understanding to creep into your mind. It doesn't always show up as a blinding flash. In fact, it rarely shows up as a blinding flash. What usually happens is that it's a very gentle, organic, almost, um, I'm going to use the word seeping in. It may not be a very pleasant image, but it's, it's kind of what it feels like, is that that, that inspiration, that, that deeper understanding sort of just infiltrates your awareness from that silence, because you have given yourself the gift of allowing your perception and your awareness to become attuned to ever finer vibrations. So meditation is incredibly powerful. It's very difficult at the beginning, particularly when you've got lots of things on your mind, to get yourself to switch off the mind and pull the attention into the silence. And um, I just, if, if, a, if a meditation CD or something like that helps, there are so many wonderful ones out there that I would recommend that. But just sitting in silence is great. The other tool that I really like, and this is one that's not as well known, but it's one that has really been powerful for me, is the practice of metanoia. Um, metanoia is a Greek word. It means to think beyond, meta meaning beyond, and noia meaning thinking, to think beyond something. So when an event happens and we're, we're perceiving that event, we're interacting with that event, maybe somebody says something, we see something on television, something happens to us, we're making up our mind and we're thinking about that, and it's not just the event itself. It, be, it generates a whole chain of responses and emotions and ideas and impressions and perceptions, and pretty soon the initial event itself is enrobed in layers and layers and layers of thought. And we make decisions about what caused that event and what that event means and what we should do about it and all that kind of stuff. If that event and our responses to it are making us feel disconnected from spirit, 
if that event has disturbed the calm peace of our soul, it's possible to rethink it. We can't go back and change it. But we can bring ourselves into a, well, wait a minute, what if, frame of mind, curiosity, what if that person who cut me off in traffic was on the way to pick up her sick child from school? What if that clerk who was so abrupt with me in that store had just dealt with a previous customer who was incredibly rude? You know, that kind of what if, well, we make up a different, a contrasting story about the impression or the event that has, has separated us from our normal oneness with God. So that business of rethinking, um, and again, this is not easy. <laughs> this is stuff that, you know, when you think about a toddler balancing on two feet, getting ready to pick up one tiny little foot, and put it out ahead on the floor and then pick up the other tiny little foot and put it out ahead on the floor. Taking those first few steps involves a great deal of concentration and a great deal of trust, and often the balance isn't quite there yet, and they topple over frontwards. If you think of God as being the mom or dad's hands stretched out, the smiling face encouraging them, say, go ahead, take this hit. It's okay. I'm here. I'll catch you. It makes it easier to do metanoia, to do that rethinking. Because if we can imagine God as a loving parent saying, yes, I know, this is your first attempt at saying, but, but, but what if to restructure the way we think of something, we might be able to see it from a more constructive and empowering point of view. It's not going to change the original event. That's in the past. But it is going to change the way we respond to it, the way we carry it in our heads and in our hearts, and the way we go forward, perhaps, if we have another interaction with that individual. You know, it's... So it's a really empowering thing to do, to be able to, to rethink, to reassess, and to reexamine the decisions that we've made about things that have happened to us. So those are two of my really favorite things that I, I hope that um, if pe- people probably are already doing it, but I hope that they can do it even more to, to bring themselves closer in to being that alive, breathing, conscious, and loving expression of God that we're all intended to be. I love that. And I, it definitely, I, I concur with you. And I used to teach that a lot in stress management. You know, we talk about the Stephen Covey Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which is another incredible spiritual book. And he talked about the guy witnessing the children that were acting so um, ugly on the subway with their father. Do you remember that one? And the kids were going back and forth, and observers were just aggravated and disgusted. Because the man wasn't, um, you know, disciplined the children and getting them to be quiet and everything. And as they were exiting, he said, I'm sorry. But, um, you know, my children just heard that, that their mother has died. Um, and, you know, it just changed everything because people were able to see it in a, in a different way. And that's so true. And I believe, too, like if we are going through, like we're stopped in traffic or if we're, 
delayed for something. Um, you live long enough in your life that if you say there's a reason for it, I think if you welcome it affirmatively as there's a reason for it, often mm-hmm. you'll even get to see what the reason is because yeah. you affirm that into law, you know, and therefore you'll get to see the, the lily um, in relationship with your book. You know of what that of what that is. Um, it's so powerful. I love I love that metanoia though of uh, thinking beyond our thinking and mm-hmm. and being able to see things from a from a different perspective. Good job, Brenda. That's oh, good. That's really well, good. the the other thing you earlier in our conversation you were asking about people who feel that they don't you know their life force has ebbed and they're not feeling as well as they would like to. Rethinking, are, and it's, it's constant vigilance. It's like you become your own thought police, not in a negative, punitive way, but in an observing, um, diagnostic way. Wait a minute. What are the habitual thoughts that I'm having that are draining me? They're wearing me out. They're putting a crease in my forehead instead of a smile on my face. If we can get ourselves to look at that and take better self-care in you know, rethinking some of those attitudes that we've held for decades in some cases, um, some of that energy can be restored. I love that. And I, um, you know, being a shamanic healer, um, part of that is the belief that we have or that we carry other people's beliefs. I think that's the beauty of life. If when we grasp it is done unto us as we believe, not it is done unto us based upon what everybody else believes and therefore I follow them. Um, you can really see clearly that when people go through events and tragedies and loss and things like that in their lives, the, ma- uh, the vast majority of people tend to still believe that when we go through those tough times, there's less of us on the other side of it. We're really in following the sacred path if we hold the intention, if we practice metanoia, then we would discover that the more that we go through, the more of us we have when we get through it. Absolutely. I love that. I love that metaphor that you that you shared with us. Um, and particularly the idea that as we go through our lives, Eric Butterworth said, you can go through life or you can grow through life. <laughs> and that's what you're talking about. Knowing that the spirit within, the divinity within, that divine idea that every single one of us is embodying is infinite. It's inter- eternal. The more we opportun- the more we use it, the more opportunities we have to flex that spiritual muscle, the stronger it gets. I love that. That's just really awesome. What are the other ideas that you address, uh, Brenda, about life in your book or love? One of the things that that I talk about in there is is I talk um, in the chapter on love. I talk about divine order because I think divine order is um, it's it's underrated in the unity in the unity world. You know, we use the term divine order and all that kind of stuff, but I don't think we really think much about what that means. When we affirm divine order and divine order, and in case there are people who are not familiar with that term, divine order means it doesn't mean that God has a plan. 
because God gave us free will when he created when he, she created us. There is no such thing as a plan that God has for us. The plan that God has for us is that we have God's infinite intelligence, infinite creativity, infinite courage to create whatever it is that we want to create by the same token. God's infinite creative energy is active in and through every circumstance in the world. And when we go into a situation that looks scary or difficult or even impossible, when we go into that with the intention of allowing divine order, the the sweet small steps, that's one of Maria Nemeth's phrases, I don't think she'll mind if I use it, if I use it, to allow the sweet, small steps of one right thing and then another right thing falling into place for us. That's what divine love does. Divine love acts in and through each of us, every situation, to bring about the highest and best for all concerned. You meant it for evil against me, but God meant it for good. And that's what divine order is about. Divine order is a gift of love that is operative all the time, all around us, throughout the universe, throughout our lives. And as we begin to, again, trust that, to lean back into the divine order, we do the best, do our best, and let God do the rest. Um, we find that things unfold in amazingly beautiful ways. And is that how we can love and embrace the darkness, would you say? Is that how the person can love the appearance of what is dark in yeah, a person, and that's, a condition, or an experience? Is that how they would go about that then? They would, they would hold it that it is what it is, and yet on the other side of the deeper meaning of that would be love? Absolutely. And this is, this is huge. This is not something that, you know, I would, here's the deal. You have to be fully and totally committed to being in love with yourself before you can be in love with anyone outside you. Now, it's easy to be, to be in love with people outside you who are nice to you. But if there's somebody or something outside you that is scaring you, frightening you, you must be sure that you are loving and caring for yourself and your well-being before you try to love that other person or thing. Mm, that's so, And I say that, I say that because I do not want anybody to put themselves in harm's way. If they're, you know, because there are some people who think that they are being strong and loving by staying in an abusive relationship, and you can't do that. Yeah. So, but yes, that divine order is alive and well, whether we can see it or not. It's it's always it's an always, and I think that's the beauty of of the universe. Because if we ever doubt the order of the universe, then we would know that the universe would be chaotic in nature, and it simply isn't. It's mm-hmm. amazing how quick our time is going. 
I know. <laughs> we are now for an, another break. Uh, I'm Temple Hayes. I'm the spiritual leader of Unity Campus. You can go to our website, unitycampus.org, and learn more about us. We have weekly messages and teachings that are always available to people. We have followers all over the world. And I'm talking with Brenda Strickland, the author of Life, Love, and Lilies. We'll be right back after this brief message. If you've tuned in for Touching the Stillness with host Reverend Paulette Pipe, then you know the power of her soul-stirring meditations. And if her programs leave you wanting more, you can purchase her meditation CD, Touching the Stillness, and you'll be able to take Paulette's calming voice along with you wherever you go. This enthralling CD contains three separate self-contained meditations that can either be listened to in one sitting or one at a time. Whatever your preference, Paulette's mesmerizing voice will transport you beyond thoughts and sounds to a sacred place of stillness and soul remembrance. So go ahead, enliven your meditation practice with the Touching the Stillness CD from Reverend Paulette Pipe and let the stillness touch you. To obtain your copy, go to www.unity.org and click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on shop. Balance, harmony, peace. These are the things that lead to a fuller, richer life experience. And striving to attain these things is a rewarding journey in and of itself. Let your journey begin at Awaken Whole Life Center, located on the Unity Village campus. Here, you'll discover unique approaches to nurture body, mind, and spirit. A holistic approach to your health and well-being. Visit us online at awakenwholelifecenter.com. That's awakenwholelifecenter.com. We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. I'm talking with Brenda Strickland today. You can go and purchase her book by going to brendastrickland.us. Brenda, we've covered um, a good bit of material today. I'm, I'm, I love the work that you're doing and the energy that you're bringing uh, to the lessons in this book. It is a practical guide to everyday spirituality. I, I totally agree with you on that one. You were talking in the first segment about the sanctified self. Let's talk about that further. <laughs> what is the sanctified self? The sanctified self is my term for a person who lives 
increasingly, and it's not it's not a, a static goal. You don't get there and they check you off and you're okay, fine. You you know you've earned that, like a master's degree in spirituality or something. But living as a sanctified self means that every day you are living in conscious awareness of yourself as the embodiment of a divine idea. It's it's this idea of everyday spirituality, being the highest and best you can be in every circumstance. Um, it's you know it's one of those things that we can set an an intention. Um, today I am going to smile and count to ten before I sit and make a smart aleck remark, or you know something like that. I, mean, I don't know what what the issues might be, but. The the idea of a sanctified self is one that um, that is really intriguing to me. Like, where is that? What is the sanctified self? And the best analogy I could come up with is, you know, those little dolls that they make in Russia. That it's a darling little carved wooden doll, and it's painted in this wonderful little kind of um, um, babushka outfit, and you can open it up. And there's a smaller one inside that's just like it. Yes. Oh, those and then are you so open cool. It up. Yes. So cool. Okay. So let's just imagine that when you're out walking around, you know, you're in the grocery store, you're sitting in the waiting room at the car repair place or whatever, you're like that outside doll. And a person who sees you sees your physical appearance and maybe they notice your posture and maybe they notice your facial expression. If you're sitting there for very long, either you're standing in a really slow line or you're waiting for your oil to be changed, and you get in a conversation with someone, they might learn that you're a friendly person, that you have a a positive outlook on life, that you're going to go pick up your kid from school when you get done with this, whatever. They'll, They'll learn a little bit about you. So that's the next layer of the doll. But then, if you get on a committee with this person, or if you're active in your neighborhood and it turns out this person lives down the street, they're going to get to know the next layer of them. They've opened up that doll and discovered a smaller one inside. And this is the one that really shows your talents, your gifts, the things that you are good at and that you can really, you know, you can really get done. Um, perhaps things you're passionate about, things that um, make you laugh, that sort of thing. So people, you know, people get to know these layers of you. Um, if, for example, you have a crisis in your family, and this person who's a neighbor brings you a nice casserole every other day for a couple of weeks, they're going to get to know the deepest, a deeper part of you. They're going to open up that outer door, and they're going to get to see you, perhaps the things that you're fearful of, the things that um, that you love so much that when you talk about them, your the tears well up. Okay, they're going to get to know a really deep part of you when you're married to someone. They get to know that deep part of you. Your best friend for life gets to know that deep part of you, but. If you open that doll one more time, there is a tiny little doll in there. And that is the self that God put there. That is the self that generated the physical body you're living in right now. That is the soul that is the spark of divine intelligence and divine love that inhabited the fetus and the embryo that emerged eventually as you. 
that is the same person throughout your life. That's when you look in the mirror and you look deep into your eyes. They're the same eyes you looked into when you were 10. Okay, that's what I mean by the sanctified self. When we sanctify the whole self, it means that that divine God light shows through in everything we say and do. Even when we're disciplining our children, even when we're having a heated values clarification with our spouse or our employers or our coworkers, that divine self, that spark of God energy shows through. That's what it means to live as a sanctified self. It takes an enormous amount of vigilant metanoia and meditation to stay in touch with that. But that business of living as one's sanctified self is really the key to, um, I kind of think it's the key to spiritual peace on earth and the end of world hunger. And that's, that's a bit of a leap. But when everybody on earth is living as a sanctified self, loving and compassionately caring for others, we'll be okay. Mm. And I, we need I'm, to start I'm now. I'm hoping you'll continue to leap. I think we're at the place in our humanity. We need some leaping, <laughs> actually. Well, we need some yeah. people, you know, claiming it. So so good for you that, that you are. I, I hold a world that something is... Uh, pertinent that a hundred million sharks a year aren't killed just because of a few movies uh, on Hollywood that have changed our paradigm about these uh, beautiful beings. Um, Absolutely. Something that subtle but yet that significant that uh, of us no longer being a fear-based told what to do think in a box kind of mentality but that we we are in that in that sanctified self. When you when you talk about that, the image that often inspires and invigorates and ignites me to you know keep being, keep keep showing up, keep thriving is um, I think of that small little plant that has the capacity, the strength, and the intelligence within to burst through the cement to have form. <laughs> I love you know, those. Don't you love those? Yes, I, I mean, love those. They just make my day. That is just Absolutely. like, oh, you've made my day. You've inspired oh, yeah. me to go six more months with just, you know, believing and doing and being on task and purpose. It's just a really powerful, really powerful thing. And I think of that, of how, what energy of intelligence it takes to burst through that. Well, you know, there's a saying, and, and I'm, I want to make sure I get it right, is that no one can do everything. But everyone can do something. And when everyone does something as a sanctified self, living from that sense of being literally a child of God, literally being the embodiment of a divine idea, that's, that's what we're working for. And that's, what, that's kind of what my, my purpose is, is to help people reconnect with who they came to be how did you how do you want to show up in the world when you leave this life what do you want to leave as your contribution what do you how do you want the world to be better when you move on 
So I think that's, uh, you know, that knowing and owning, claiming and stepping up to one's sanctified self is a, I think is a pretty positive step to take. And I think um, to add to that, what just occurred to me, um, it's certainly not a new idea for me and, and certainly not for you, but if we look at all the things in our lives that have appeared to be against us, if we would go back and visit that again, looking at it from a sacred story perspective, that's usually the thing that we are to do, that Absolutely. we are to focus on. Um, I know Audrey Hepburn was, you know, um, I believe she came from an orphanage, but always being hungry was part of her growing up. And yet she took that, that tragedy, that the appearance and the truth of what was working against her and turned it into being a person that represented, uh, you know, hunger and to make a difference in that. Um, so I love what you're saying. If everybody could just do a little bit towards the things yeah. that we have felt have worked against us and make that part of our, our mission statement to be a difference maker, wow, it, it would be huge, you know, for our planet. Absolutely. I think that, and you know, when the when you're involved in a, a spiritual community, like you've got your feet on the ground at um, First Unity Campus, and we've got, I've got my feet on the ground at Atlanta Unity, and I know that your listeners have their feet on the ground somewhere, maybe not a Unity Church, maybe they're involved in a, a community organization, where they're out there, they're, they're volunteering, they're supporting, they're contributing to the food bank, they're picking up litter in the stream, whatever they're doing. People are out there doing stuff, making a difference, and it is making a difference. It is shifting the consciousness of the humans on this planet, and as we shift the consciousness of the humans on the planet, the health of the entire planet can shift. It totally has the rippling effect. Well, I want to remind everyone, or to make mention to everyone, that Brenda Strickland has also written a six-week study course program that would go with the book Life, Love, and Lilies. So if you are part of any type of group or community, or if you want to do a book book study with friends in a, in a coffee shop, this would be a great way in which to have the experience of the book. And you can contact uh, Brenda directly uh, and her assistants through the website brendastrickland.us. You can not only purchase the book, it's a small, tiny investment for a way to make a difference in your life and to be part of the change. Brenda, it's been a pleasure to have you today. This is like one of the quickest hours I think I've ever been on a show. It's just <laughs> hummed on by. I feel like we did two ohms and an ooh, and here we are. Riding <laughs> <laughs> in the home. Riding in the home. But I just want to yeah. say thank you so much for for being on the show, I'd love to have you on again uh, and talk about uh, some of the principles in the in the new year. Let's get you back Fabulous. on our show. I am honored, and I will be delighted anytime, Temple. And just thank you for the work that you do and the light that you bring to the world. You are just such a joy, and I've just loved every minute of this. <laughs> As have I. So everyone, go to brendastrickland.us and share with us all your friends and social media our show today. And we'll look forward to seeing you again next week, seeing and being as the intentional spirit.
God bless you, everyone, on this incredible journey that we call life. Keep putting your foot in front of you and your prayers inside of you, and all is well. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on this message from Daily Word. Is something in your life causing you concern? Don't be discouraged. The presence of God is peace and harmony, healing and creative ideas, is with you every moment of every day, providing the help you need. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. You are a spiritual being blessed with all that you need for happiness and fulfillment. God's wisdom will guide you. God's strength will help you do all that you need to do. And God's joy will lighten your heart with hope and courage. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals 
that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.